All right, what is up, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Mike Goolsby here for the Mike Goolsby Show. We are live um, Sunday night, September 18th, the day after Notre Dame's 24-17 to 17 triumph over Cal. Should be a fun show tonight with Mr. Goolsby. Um, so uh, make sure you uh, drop a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for more Notre Dame football and recruiting content. Mr. Goolsby, how are you doing this weekend, man? I'm good, man. Um, had a busy weekend. Irish get a win. Yeah, I was out there working, working with some kids uh, today. So, yeah, good, good little weekend. Um, fired up to get a win. We appreciate uh, all of our subscribers and all the support. The last episode was a lot of fun and hoping uh, this week's will be a little bit of the same. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a great show last week. And yeah, Mike Goolsby show has been uh it's been killing it here this season. Third, third year, Mike. Third year we've been doing the Mike Goolsby show. I swear it's I think it's like based off of views, it's up there in terms of you know Notre Dame specific podcasts. So please do subscribe. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate um the support. It's been a ton of fun for me personally and um getting to getting a, the opportunity to do this every week. So um Who'd have thought people would like to listen to your rant, you know? But we're on to something, bro. Worst ways to make money, for sure. That's fair. Oh, you're getting paid to do this? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, it's been a it's been a great weekend for for me personally. I mean, the the Notre Dame win, at least Marcus Sherman gets on the Two board. Two is killing it. Six touchdowns today, right? Dude, I'm a I'm a very happy camper. I've not been this excited as a Dolphins fan in, in quite a long time. Um, I've seen one playoff win in my life for the Dolphins. One, so mm. that just kind of goes to show I was too young when when Reno was quarterback. So um, I don't think people really care about the Miami Dolphins on this show. So Mike, let's just get into Notre Dame twenty four, Cal seventeen. You've had a day to reflect. You've probably watched yeah. back the full game at least once. What are yeah. what are your biggest takeaways? Um. Forgive me, but I can't go. I I can't leave out. I cannot omit the phantom offsides neutral zone infraction on the field goal. I haven't heard it discussed a lot, and we missed a field goal. We get the ball back due to this phantom penalty. We go into score. Um, so the game was close. The game was a it was a touchdown game. You take that drive off that board. Maybe we're playing in overtime with a average to below average Cal team. Um, so I'm still encouraged by the win, but I'm I'm very um, just being realistic. We'll see what this season turns into. Uh, where, but it, where, where's the offside? This is just for. Uh, Yo, I appreciate that, Mike. Yeah. Where, so where this was this it? again. We went on to miss this field goal attempt. And got the ball back first down. We go in to score that little pop pass to Tyree. Uh, to t- I think to even the game up at that point. So this is a a non-call call. So we, we get the ball back here. So had it not been for that, and you can't forecast exactly how the game would have went, but we wouldn't have tied the game up on this series. So we're not a very good football team. I listen to your and Tim Hyde show. I mean, we're not a very good football team, and that's okay. Um, it's disappointing. Yeah. 
but it is okay. It's just to like, you kind of temper your expectations and continue to build. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of the things that I think you and I discussed and sort of called for following the Marshall loss that looked like we tried to sort of the team, as far as the team approach, he implemented in terms of running the ball power game. You know, I wanted kind of a, um, I wanted to bully Cal is what I was really looking forward to going into this game. And I think we managed to do that as the game went on with our offensive approach, defensive line, you know, decided to show up. Isaiah Foskey's in the building, even though he missed a couple sacks. Um, but it was an encouraging win, and off we go. You know, one and two. Yep, yep. Folks, drop Super Chat. I see questions coming in, in our live chats. Um, if you have something for Goolsby, drop one of those. And uh, we have some things we want to talk about, but we – we're just kind of hanging out with you all tonight, and we will answer any questions that come in um, via Super Chat. So throw us some change there. Um, yeah, and, and if you're watching back on YouTube, you're not able to give a Super Chat. You can give a Super Thanks, though, which I believe is right below the video near the Like button or whatever. Um, so you can do that to help support us and podcast audience. Please leave us a, a kind rating if you like what you hear. Yeah, Mike, I, I think – Kind of looking at this outside in at the program right now. Sorry, Mike. Sometimes you give me that scowl. I'm not sure. I'm, like, oh, I'm just listening. Really, no, I'm sorry, really bro. analyzing I'm what I'm saying. I got to say something smart because Goolsby's really paying I'm attention. Just, I'm intentionally, yeah, very intently listening. I, I apologize. I'll look over here. Go ahead. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that makes for great visual. I, I, I think if you look at this as – I, I won Notre Dame to win a national championship this season. Okay, you lose at Ohio State. Or maybe, maybe still go. Maybe it's still there if you run the table. And then you you lose to Marshall, and then you, you go into the Cal game. You're thinking, if we still go ten and two, and like this is where the team should be right now. I get being absolutely livid, but I think if you kind of look at it in the vacuum and being like just where the team is for this season right now i think you're i think you're pleased with the cow game if you look at like the score predictions that all of us had a blue and gold it was all low scoring within 10 point game so i think it kind of met expectations so i'm like i i actually feel like okay but i i totally understand being like man like this this is not the correct trajectory right after after these past few seasons but you know transition season you I don't know. Maybe Buckner is back next season. Um, it's look, just get eight, nine wins, get Buckner back. Maybe you get a transfer quarterback in, get some, you know, get some of these young guys going. Well, I don't know, Mike. Yeah. I mean, consistency is the truest measure of performance. I've said this. I had a coach tell me that once and I've said it on this pod more than once. And it's just like, everybody wants to throw, throw stones at coach Reese, but it's like, what has he had to work with consistently last year was transfer quarterback poor line play this year it's a little bit of poor line play his his new toy at the quarterback position of course gets hurt two games in um you're thin at the wide receiver position so it's you know offensively it, there's just there's not a lot to work with and to build on we went with a power run game which i think and I believe that was the the scheme and the plan going into the Ohio State game was to try and play bully ball 
kind of went away from that, maybe a little bit too conservative, tried a lot in the Marshall game. I mean, we tried everything, going no from identity. empty to 13 personnel. We tried everything. And now we've settled back in on the power run game. But when we talk about a national championship program, Mike, in the DNA of a national championship program, um, you need elite players on the edges, specifically at the wide receiver position, and our, our and, and, and conversely at the in the secondary at, at corner. Our corners are playing great. Everybody's playing pretty well in the secondary. There's no glaring. It's not as glaring. The deficiencies aren't as glaring as they were in seasons past. But at the offensive on the offensive side of the ball, Coach Reese doesn't really have a lot of weaponry to work with, so he's almost left with playing that power game. And then you have a quarterback that, you know, he doesn't necessarily have a cannon for an arm, Michael, uh, and Drew Pine. I do think that as games continue on, you're going to see some play-action shots. I just – I think you'll see those. But until we can get some – elite athleticism, talent, speed on the outside at the wide receiver position and guys that want to go compete and win. There was a clip during the game, during the Cal game, where they had the uh, the tight copier, that kind of floating camera. Um, the, from the like the quarterback's perspective, they went four wides. You know, Drew Pine ended up just getting loose and just dumping it down to Michael Mayer. But all four of our receivers, we ran four verts. None, nobody was working to get open. I, I don't even know if they were sprinting. I mean, it was like a an up-tempo jog. So until that kind of stuff changes, and then the recruiting piece too, Mike, and you know this all too well, is like, yeah, if, if, if you're not putting – if we're not airing the ball out on film and filling up the stat sheet, it's going to be difficult to get that wide receiver, those elite wide receivers kind of into the program. So, like, if I'm the player personnel guy at Notre Dame, I mean – you got to be looking at every like in terms of like evaluating high school film transfers or whatever. I, I want to see anybody and everybody at the wide receiver position. I'm I'm looking at them all because we we need just athletic traits, speed, etc. on the outsides to to grow the program. I'm gonna throw a take at you, Mike, and you tell me what you think. Sure. I feel like eighty percent of my job is really just reading YouTube comments and doing live shows. So all I all I see is what Notre Dame fans have to say. And it's, oh, I'd probably say about 90% of the complaints about the offense are Pine or, or Reese. You know, fire Reese, he can't, he can't call a game or, or or get rid of Pine. And I'm the biggest Steve – I am literally the biggest Steve Angeli fan there is. I'll do you have a Steve Angeli jersey, yes or yes? I do not. <laughs> yes. How about yes? Well, get your act And together. I'm not yeah, saying to throw the kid in there. He's got one week of – first team reps i mean you can't throw them in there unless yeah. you literally have to and i think notre dame did a, a wise thing by not playing them um how, how neat was it to see and you know me bro i'm, I'm always going to support our quarterback right i might have one preference one way or the other but whoever they pick that's who i'm going to ride with right yeah um it was fascinating to watch Drew Pine battle. And it was interesting to see this poor little kid out there. Uh, the, the weight of being a Notre Dame quarterback, you could see it the first several, several drives on offense, how stressed out he was. I mean, he couldn't complete a simple, you know, six yard 
little dump off to uh, Lorenzo Styles, I think was his first pass. Couldn't do it because of the nerves. So everybody that wants to, you know, hate on Tyler Buckner, hate on Ian Book, hate on Jack Cohn. I mean, you can call out the obvious, you know, that Jack Cohn was a statue and just limited athletically, but it, it's a tough gig. Um, it's the, the toughest position in sports and doing so at a program like Notre Dame. It ain't easy. I do think Coach Reese has done a great job. I mean, maybe not great, but going back to what we talked about earlier, kind of how I opened the show, the dude has limited resources. And I think I use that analogy of preparing a meal prior to, right? Like, you know, some of these schools have a full, their kitchen cabinets or kitchen cupboards are full of ingredients and whatever. And, you know, <laughs> Reese is like, I got a half a can of tuna. I got some mustard, you know, I got like, I got, <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just making it, making do with what he has. Um, but at least we have a running game. We yeah. can lean on our offensive line. We have a place to stand and then you got to build off of that. Okay. Going back to my take, which I just realized I didn't finish. I, I, oh, Sorry, I, why? Is, I cut you off. Naturally, yeah, no, no, but... that's fine. This is, this is not the Mike Singer show. Um, a lot of hates Capon or Reese. What about your veteran offensive lineman? False starts. What about Lorenzo Styles dropping a pass? I mean, I, I just Braden Lindsey, Brendan Braden Lindsey, false start. Braden Lindsey dropping a third down pass over the middle of the field. Um, you know, it, it was just a lot of. I, I want to. I, I think it was Lindsey. Um, it was a pretty good ball by Pine, twenty yards down the field. It's just it's it's such a a collective group effort. Often, I mean. The game of football is, it, you know, you have to be firing on all cylinders. So, I mean, yeah, Pine's a limited quarterback. You know, the offense needs to pull him, help, help pull him along and put him in good positions. And um, so they weren't doing him any favors in that first quarter. He obviously stunk, but no one else is doing him any favors. Yeah, and it's well, it's what you just said. I mean, your hot take, Mike, is what I – went on and on and on about last week in terms of like, there's the play call and then there's the execution. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Um, in the, the, this is a slight dig on pine, but like so much of what you heard about pine was, you know, his, his moxie and his competence and his, you know, swagger, et cetera. Right. Yeah. And, uh, he comes out there and just, you know what's down his leg and it's like i thought this was like this uh you know this cocky swaggy let me interrupt you right is there something to yes there is. go ahead coming in as a backup against wisconsin cincinnati and him getting that first start yeah i think all the pressures on him rather than coming in and being a relief pitcher coming Tim in didn't think there's anything to that i want to hear what you got to say mike sorry i absolutely think there's something to it i mean you saw it it's real in terms of um, you don't have time if you're coming off the bench emergency situation against the Wisconsin, you don't have time to let your anxiety build up uh, and, and lose sleep in, in leading up to the game. And as a starter, you do. So King's never been in this position before. Neither had Tyler Buckner and everybody wants to drag Tyler Buckner for the way he played. Um, so I would expect that Pine would get the same treatment and Tyler Buckner's got more talent than, than Drew Pine does. So yeah, absolutely. Mike, I think there's a, a ton of validity to the scenario versus being thrust into a game and just playing with your hair on fire, letting your instincts take over 
and then uh yeah having the time to let this let this let the situation kind of get to you with that anxiety and uh but like i said i mean you could see how how stressed out drew was and you feel for him i'm proud of him though that he battled um and then another thing i just made some notes you know i got a after last week's show i kind of went in as the kids say i went in on the uh in terms of expressing my you know disappointment in the program and the effort etc and i was just like man whatever i said and i'm not a coach or anything but like whatever i said ought to pale in comparison to what their coaches how their coaches lit them up during film so then we, we got a glimpse of, yeah and i had a note I, you know, I was like uh so what i said pales in comparison to what their coaches said in film or what they should have said yeah and then you got a chance fans got a chance to see what it's like get a little glimpse behind the curtain where poor drew pines getting his butt chewed out on national television and you could read coach reese's lips you know do your job this whole team's depending on you and i was like man that was that was really that was fun for me to see because again i look at everything through so much of a of a player's perspective so and i also thought uh one of my things that i was looking for just kind of moving on here mike was um you talk about first timers, a first time starter in Pine, and you know, obviously a first time head coach in Marcus Freeman. I was interested. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by Freeman's sideline demeanor, the facial expressions, how he carries himself. Uh, I want to keep watching to see how that kind of evolves. I didn't see him get very animated this this past week, except for um, when he chewed out Pine. Sure, but there's there's opportunities for him to jump down the reps, throw it, not. You know, I had I couldn't sleep last night, and I, I went back and watched one of my old games because sometimes I'll do that, right? Again, glory days, right? We need to have a. But uh, Freeman, in a way, reminded me of Coach Willingham, in a way, in terms of the sideline demeanor. Okay. So, not a good thing. People don't like that. Yeah. I'm gonna wait and see. Um. But I was just like, huh, because you, you you watch one game, you rewatch the Cal game, you watch an old game, the Willingham era, and I was like, hmm, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of a similarity. I'm gonna wait and wait, let let it uh, let that play itself out just to see how he's, you know, interacting with his team, inspiring them, motivating them, what have you. Okay. So anyway, yeah, a couple more uh, items on Pine before we get before we move into a different discussion. See, this is this is the very typical comment that I, I'm saying. Like, Natural, what, what did, yeah, absolutely. What did Pine do yesterday that Angeli couldn't do? And I think, I think, just as like I'm going to put myself in this as just as fans, we just look at this as it's like it's a game of Madden. Well, Pine is this; he's got 72 overall, and Angeli's got 67 overall. So, uh, you know, it's like ah. Oh, like what 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 what's the big difference there like maybe angeli has a stronger arm and is taller so what why can't he do that but the thing is this is not it's not a video game you know this is reps this is something angeli has not had um like there's the real life component that these are real people like mm-hmm. this is third year of the program um and you know he's been trained a lot more for this it, yeah thoughts Mike so so let's try and put this thing to bed the Angeli Pine and because this is Mike as long as I've known you we've had the same sort of conversation it's just you pull one name out and insert another name 
which is a problem. Um, but yep. Angeli's a true freshman, right? And he played in a, a kind of a pro-style offense out there at Bergen Catholic, but Very he wasn't much. asked to do a lot. That doesn't mean that he cannot right. do things outside of what he was asked to do in high school. But you have to understand – they were getting Tyler Buckner, also a very, very inexperienced quarterback with a lot of, you know, gifts, physical talent. They were pouring into Buckner. You understand? All through spring, all through camp. I, I, I'd be shocked if Buckner didn't get 80% of the snaps. Pine, he's been in the program. You know, he'll get yeah. his thing. He's kind of the consummate professional backup guy. So Pine, Pine would probably get a couple here and there. Uh, if Angeli never got a like a, a, a rep, it wouldn't shock me at all. It wouldn't shock me at all. I think so, that's what Freeman said. I, I, I want to say, and he shouldn't have. He's a f- true freshman quarterback, and you're trying to get Buckner ready. So to put that argument to bed, folks, Angeli's been practicing with the team for five days. You know what I'm saying? He's been practicing with the team for five days. We may get a chance to see him because um, he is your backup quarterback. I can't hear you, Mike. Sorry. Um, otherwise, he's just been a scout quarterback and and yeah. uh, throw into GAs and stand on the sidelines in practice, right? People are wild, man. I mean, he's a freshman in college. You know, I mean, like imagine all that transition, being away from home, going. I mean, all of that is quarterback that different day. than these other spots, right? That's that's a key, right? Like, like Ben Morrison got here in the summer and he's playing a lot of snaps, but difference is a Started. quarterback, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's, so, so you do go with Angeli, then what, you know, Angeli gets hurt and then we're going to put Tyree, we're going to play wildcat or something. Right. I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be logical. Reese is doing a good job. It goes back to the argument that we had last week. It's like, people got to execute. And as I've said over and over again, mayor is the only guy that on the team that is consistently reliable, uh, consistently reliable playmaker. You know, I had a note. Did we find any new talent? The answer is really no. Eli Raritan, they keep rolling him in, kind of mixing him in. I'm really excited. I think he's a special, special kid. I'm excited for his yeah. – I texted his father last night. I was like, Eli's first catch, he's going to do something with it. I just know. Um, Tobias Merriweather got in the game. Um, so that's, you know, new young talent. Junior Tali- Tui Alamaka got in a little bit gave rubio played a little bit so this will work folks it's just going to take probably longer than we wanted to and freeman's going to have to put his kind of inject his dna into this program and put his thumbprint on it and start recruiting his kids it's going to take longer than we probably wanted to we thought that the our, our base was probably stronger than it is and, it, and it's not i was happy to see logan Diggs get a chance to rest up and not play as well Let's get to a couple super chats. Um, Milton fan fifteen. I feel like it's in all of our shows. Drop the super chat, so we appreciate the support. He says, "Here's my frustration: offense plays not to make mistakes slash scared, and even with Tyler Buckner, they looked the same as last year. Not blaming Tommy Reese, but should we?" Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It goes back to, we, talk, we talked about it last week, brother. If you're in Tommy Reese's shoes, what are you going to do? You got a you got a quarterback in Drew Pine. Drew Pine shouldn't be in the program. I mean, he's less than ideal in terms of like what you want um, in your quarterback room in terms of gifts and physical traits, whatever. But you got him. He can't throw a ball forty foot forty yards. It's a lot like Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn didn't have a good a strong arm, but in these tight games, Milton, you're in a one touchdown game. You can't turn a ball over. And then the defense has yet to create a turnover. Um, you know, we thought we had one with Tariq Bracey, but uh, J.D. Bertrand, you know, ruined that opportunity. So we're not turning the ball over on defense. So we don't ever want to be negative in the uh, the turnover margin. And to me, that's the most important stat in football is turnover margin. So I can empathize with Coach Reese in terms of having a conservative game plan. It just, it is what it is, man. We, he worked some screens in. Everybody wanted screens. Okay, he threw three, four screens this week. The guy's got a weak interior line, not a lot of talent or depth at the outside receiver position. He has two running backs, and he has a quarterback that's should be playing for Zom Hall. So the discussion of, like, well, I mean, this is Reese quarterback room. Like he, th- I mean, they could have gotten transfer in the offseason. They, you know, they could have recruited different guys. So I think there's two ways to look at it is the like kind of in a vacuum of like this game, this season versus the big picture of, well, why didn't Notre Dame only take one receiver last year? Why has receiver recruiting been so abysmal the past couple of years? Um, you know, signing one guy in 2022. Obviously, 2021 class w- was strong with Styles, and you know, Jaden Thomas is in there a ton. Put out an Amber Alert for Deion Colsey. I don't know what's going on there. Um, and, you know, I know what's going on receiver class, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it falls a lot on him, the offensive coordinator. I mean, you're, you're kind of the boss on that side of the ball. Yeah, and that and some of that execution falls on him as well, right? In terms of false starts, drop balls, what have you. So. Where's the game played at? Is the game is the UNC game on the road or is that at home next week? Road, road. That'll be good for the team. As I've I've alluded to this many times on this show before. No That'll be good for the pep team. rallies. Just go. Just do go your ball, job, as Tommy Reese would say. There's no yeah. There's no pageantry. Just go play the game. That'll be good for the team. Okay. In terms of switching up the vibe, that will be good for the team. Um, but again, I, I don't. I don't. I put some of it on Coach Reese. You make a great point, Mike. The kind of the behind the scenes, the recruiting, the mechanics of building an offense, I think that Reese should probably take a fair bit of grief for. But in terms of the, the game day play calling, you know, he's got that bare cupboard that I, I reference as an analogy. He's got a bare cupboard. So I have I, I, I'm empathetic towards his situation, but also 
He kind of put himself here a little bit, right? Yeah, he's too lazy to go to the grocery store. I'm going to say, Mike, this might be a very unpopular opinion. I thought he's been, I, I think he's been great. I thought, I don't I thought disagree he with a you. great game. You, you, you agree? No, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm again, I, jury's still out on Freeman as a, we didn't bring Freeman in here to be the next Bill Walsh in terms right. of like X's and O's. Freeman's job is to recruit yeah. and he's going to build his own culture, put his own little spin on this Notre Dame culture. Um, and I don't feel like, you know, I probably didn't even understand Notre Dame football until way after I had left. And even doing this show has given me a much deeper understanding of like what Notre Dame football actually is and the culture, et cetera. So that's going to take Freeman time. His job is to recruit. But yes, I agree with you. I think that, I think that Reese has done a fair job with what he has to work with. I thought I, like the Ohio state game Freeman was like, look, this is the offense. You know, it's, 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 it's like, you know, that 2020 season was just ground and pound offense. Like this is what we want to do against Ohio state. Thought he did really good. I, I talked to a source after the game close to the Notre Dame football program that told me, yeah, that, that, that like folks in that building thought that Reese called a fantastic game and uh, yeah. Marshall was, was, was just a shit show all around, but I, I I thought that all, all things considered, I thought he called it a pretty good game against Cal. Might not be a a popular opinion, but um, it's fine, man. But again, you know, it's like it's fine, and I, I agree with you. I think Ruiz is doing a fair job. A lot of it comes down to the players in terms of executing and trying to go up and make a play. Um, we've got a nice balance. I tell you, man, Tyree Tyree's going to be a nice little NFL player. He's got so much bounce to him. You know, and just in terms of even watch Tyree jog to the jog to the sidelines. He's so tightly wound, dude. Um, in terms of our, his athleticism, one of our first uses of you at Blue and Gold is, you know, I used to just call you up and get your thoughts on recruits. And I'd write up an inter, like write up an article based on what you said. You loved Chris Tyree, and for a smaller guy, you liked him between the tackles. You think, oh, a small, fast guy, run sweeps, jet sweep, you know, toss. You're like, no, mm-hmm. this guy between the tackles. Because as a former linebacker, that's tough to catch that little guy in a phone booth. And oh, I dude, I'll tackle, I'll tackle Audrey Gestime all day long. You know, I mean, I'm 250 pounds. I'll tackle Audrey Gestime all day long. Worst case scenario, I've said this on this show, I'll hold his ass up. Hold him up. And then everybody else comes in. Worst case scenario, a guy like Chris Tyree, you know, I got to get down to his level and, and tackle him in a phone booth. That's That's not easy. But the other thing too, Mike, we we never talk about defense, and we're three games into this season, and we've yet to create a turnover. And like, so Marcus Freeman is here to recruit, you know, brand the culture, however he chooses. Once he kind of gets a feel for it, um, but we're not creating enough havoc on defense, and that havoc creates energy. And I think that's really what this team is kind of lacking is just overall energy. And that's why I think it's going to be good to get on the road you know, wash ourselves of our sins, you know, kind of begin anew there at UNC. All right, let's pay some bills, and then we got a super chat to get to. All right, Irish fans, are you looking for that perfect gift for the Notre Dame fan in your life? I am, Mike, I am. What do we got? Hey, well, Mike, there's one place to go, and it's Augie's Locker Room. I've heard. Located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, um, the best Notre Dame collectibles in the country. If you are a passionate Irish fan, you are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to uh, to just you know get get in that man cave of yours. Go to augieslockerroom.com. It's on the screen here. 
um, co- contact, all this good stuff. You use promo code Augie. Head to the site, auggieslockerroom.com. Wide selection of Notre Dame Stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, one-of-a-kind Rockney items, Joe Montana-signed items. Um, Augie is partnering with famous sculptor Jerry McKenna uh, to be the exclusive dealer of his Notre Dame bronze statues, the statues you've seen around the stadium. Augie hmm. has McKenna's our artwork for sale in his store. So if he and if Augie doesn't have something in the store, he will find it for you. Visit auggieslockerroom.com or stop in. It's 1811 South Bend Avenue. Guys, again, right by Notre Dame campus. If you're coming to a game, stop at Augie's Locker Room. See the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. auggieslockerroom.com or call 574-277-NDND. So, uh, I'm going back to the Clemson game, Mike. I'm going to pop in there. Dude. It's awesome. I've met Augie two or three times now. Just awesome dude. Um, you know, whenever I'm in town, I'll, I'm just working at our office in South Bend, which is super close to Augie's locker room, and I'll just pop in and, and say hi. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're the one who does my ad reads all the time. So, yeah, he's a great a great dude, local business, and you're getting some really cool stuff. So, um, yeah, cool. All right, Super Chat to get to – um dan moeller says is it me or does Mar-? this is kind of getting to what you were just were talking about a minute ago mike was does marcus freeman look completely miserable and overwhelmed on the sideline love marcus freeman but he didn't inherit a bad team they shouldn't look this bad yeah he's got that uh marcus is going with the elvis sort of the the lip thing whatever that's called you know elvis used to do the lip thing um he, he wears that expression throughout the game um, you know, and I, I've said this too about, forgive me, but I've said this about head coaches in terms of their level of fitness. And I don't know how Marcus does it, but he's got, you know, five, six kids, all the responsibilities, and he still is fine a gym time to get, you know, 10, 15 hours a week in the gym. But yeah, Marcus, uh, he doesn't look, he looks a little uncertain on the sidelines, looks a little, I guess, inquisitive, it look, you know, a little bit a little bit of like he's a little perplexed. So that's something that I've just been kind of keeping track of in terms of his on-field demeanor. Um, and we'll see how it continues to evolve. It's the first time he's done it. He's a young man, too. I mean, he's, he's 36, 37 years old. Go ahead, Mike. Like when someone's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, I don't, like Marcus Freeman's, you know, been a DC yeah. all his life. Like, what, 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 am I, what am I supposed to do? How that's much so work? funny you mentioned that, yeah. He knows that all of these cameras are on him. I, you know, like, what, what do you, what, I don't know. It's it's a learning experience. It's a learning experience. But, you know, again, so if you're going to be down on the field, it's then, and you're going to be kind of a player's coach, like you got to get in there and mix it up. You know, he, he jumped on Drew Pine. Um, but I, I go back to the defense. You know, there's, I can promise you that there's a certain level of respect that Coach Freeman has for Al Golden, so he probably doesn't want to step on his toes. And he's learning those dynamics um, those dynamics as well. But that's absolutely something I'm going to continue to watch is how his sideline demeanor grows and maybe evolves. So there's a lot of – what we're talking about here is a lot of just learning on the job. Yeah. Yeah, goes back to should Notre Dame be in a spot where your head coach is learning on the job? I, I, I don't know, but let me say this. Let me ask you this, Mike. If I said, you know, ten and two this season, maybe win a bowl game, you know, a, a New Year's Six bowl, and 
eleven and one the next season, losing the college playoff, whatever it may be, or you know maybe a couple eight and four seasons, and then you win a national title. Like, which are you taking? So it's a it's a high floor, high bother. Excuse me, high ceiling, low floor proposition here. And I, I don't know, it's a gamble, but I think it's a good one. Because his, his recruiting, you're not gambling on his recruiting. He's going to be a good recruiter. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's going to do the best job I think anyone can do at Notre Dame. That's just my my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, even there's layers to recruiting. So it's like I've heard this discussed where we may sign the best offensive line class in the country and that you know, boosts our recruiting ranking, goes up. Sure. But to your point, we only snag one wide receiver. So it's like, well, did we really have a great wide, wide receiver, excuse me, a great recruiting class overall? And then the other piece is, and this is the thing, and I'm like, I'm going to bring Rico Flores in this because I was I beat you to become the uh, president of his fan club. But, like, if you can get personality profile like a, a Rico Flores, like a Jalen Sneed, again, I've heard he's a bit of a handful, which I personally am all for. Um. So there's the there's the there's the what can the kid do on film and in person at a camp, et cetera, measurables, height, weight, speed, whatever. And then what does he bring in terms of the 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 uh, a personality and energy to continue to build that com- level of competitiveness within the locker room and the energy, et cetera. You know, I played against those USC teams way back in the day, and all they were, I mean, that's what they did. That's how they branded themselves is just competitive practices it was it was fun but it was competitive and i think that's something uh i'm hoping i mean if 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 i'm I'm hoping for we got to continue to kind of change that locker room dynamic and get more energy more spunk more personalities in there personally i just i just want to say for the record i just like to throw i just like to remind notre dame fans when i said the floor for the season was seven and five I was mocked, and now the ceiling is eight and four. So I just want to throw that out there. Seven and five apparently was too low of a floor for this season. No, Mike, you've been—I mean, you've got a good track record, dude. I mean, in terms of your, uh, I guess, your crystal ball. But I mean, you have that luxury of being kind of that outsider. You know, uh, where'd you go to school? South Florida. You know, hey, you've we got won. we almost won Saturday. I can't name two players on the team. But I tuned in for the last 30 seconds. Yeah, I hear South Florida. I think Matt Grothy. Remember the quarterback, Matt Grothy? And obviously the defensive end that blew his finger off. What's his face? Uh, Uh, JPP? JPP. So, uh, yeah, you've been right. So maybe people ought to start paying more attention to – No, no, no. Just keep giving me hard You sort of predicted the – you you predicted the Tyler Buckner injury in a way, you know? I I mean, like, all I said on Buckner was if Notre Dame's going to – ask him to be a drop back passer i don't think it's going to work and then they're going to make him run he's going to get hurt that's what i thought but they kind of did they kind of did they kind of did tyler buckner dirty you know what do you mean they, they ran him into the ground they had you know, to how, how how marshall how else were they going to beat marshall dude that's the only way they were able to move the ball but they kind of did him dirty and then they're like okay here's two runs you go run to the sideline Helter Skelter. Oh, and then now I'm going to ask you to go complete this, you know, third and eight pass or whatever when you're sucking wind. It wasn't fair. They kind of did that kid dirty. Now, also, we did see a little bit of RPO run game from Drew Pine. Yikes. Yikes. You talk yeah, about trucker, trucker trailer, Mike. That kid was pulling a trailer. 
<laughs> he should have gave that one. But dude, I thought his- Drew Pine was a better athlete in terms of just like speed. He is slow. So throw that out the out no, of the game. Throw I mean, it out. He he's somewhere between Buckner and Cone. I mean, there's a pretty wide chasm there, but he's you know, he can move a little bit. He he got off to it a little bit. Um I mean, let's say he's quicker. What's it to be to be kind? We'll say he's quicker than fast. How's that? <laughs> yeah, he got. I mean, yes, he he got ran down pretty pretty. But can you imagine if they just went to this instead of like, all right, we have Buckner. Let's think time Mar, uh, Buckner for the Marshall game. We're going to open things up. We're going to run this pretty offense, and it just does not work. If they have, if they would have had Buck, let's say Buckner doesn't get hurt, and they go to. Ground and pound, simple passes. Don't make our quarterback throw far downfield because we don't have a quarterback who can light it up, nor do we have the receivers to, right? It's really just styles. That's what we're saying. So what if they just did that with Buckner? Because going back to, well, what 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 is this offense that Angeli can't do? Like, why, why, why can't we just have Angeli in there, right? Buckner could certainly do everything that Pine was or doing Saturday, right? Yeah. So it's just like, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's up with the ground and pound identity. Buckner doesn't get hurt. Tyler was a five star. Tyler was a five star. Mike wasn't he a five star? Close ish, yeah. close top thirty ish, like yeah. whatever, right? Top fifty recruit. You know, we had one, and it took us two two games to get him hurt. So that was kind of a bummer. But also, so much of this, Mike, it goes back to offense gets all the attention, all the headlines. We haven't talked defense yet, have we? And I'm just saying, so much of it comes back to defense. And I, dude, I we're, we're doing all these off-season shows, and we had crowned Maris Leofow. You know, we had crowned him, we had anointed him, and that dude had two tackles yesterday, two, two. And I texted you and Tim, and they give, I put my, you know, going back to being Uncle Rico, dude. You know, Napoleon Dynamite, Uncle Rico. If I had a game as a starter and I had six tackles or, you know, six tackles, like I was sick. You know, I was like, man, I, I blew it, you know, with with six. You're always looking for six plus, eight, 11. You know, you feel good. Uh, you were productive. Two tackles from the will spot. Um, the defensive line played great, played great. You know, Jacob Lacey, Howard Cross mixing it up. Um, Gabe Rubio looked good. You know, he, he knew what he was doing out there. I can't wait to see him continue to fill out his frame. Um, but he's got some of that size that we kind of need on the inside. I thought the secondary is playing pretty well. Tariq Bracey still, he's out there ripping, ripping, trying to, trying to strip the ball. Um, our linebackers are kind of like MIA though, man. And I wish Tim would, would was on the show, but it's like we've got this Tim, running. If you're watching, hop in, man. We we got no, it's fine. But as we got this cross dog kind of running joke, I cannot believe the number of times that they send those linebackers. I mean, they send them one and one in three snaps. They're blitzing the inside linebackers, and they still never make any hay. It's strange. And I had a note about this too, because I've heard other you know pundits and other talking heads. It's like, well, the linebackers, they're thinking too much. There's too much in the game plan, right? They're processing too much. And it's like, the more I thought about that, Mike, that cannot be true because we're playing three different sets. We're rotating so many bodies at the linebacker position that there's no way that that 
that coaching staff can install a super complex defense if you have to teach six kids the ins and outs and the intricacies of that scheme. Does that make sense? Sure. So it's like, oh, they're processing the schemes too complex. Like that can't be true. You can't, you can't, you can't get six different um, the ones, twos, and the threes ready to play a game with that complex of a defense. You can't do it. So I, I'm arguing that it comes down to like lack of instincts. JD Bertrand, I've become a fan of his. I mean, that kid plays his ball butt off. Plays his butt off. You can say balls. <laughs> but yeah, JD Bertrand plays his plays his his butt off. And uh you know, and I I'm I'm waiting for the light bulb to kind of come out, come on for Maris and that Maris, it's not good enough to just run in there and try and hit something. The objective, Marist, is to get the ball carrier on the ground, and we'll figure it out eventually. All right. Oh, got some comments, super chats, and whatnot. Joe says, Howard Cross leads the team with tackles after three games. And uh, for YouTube audience to see on the screen here, this is the stats for the season. How about that? 21. Mike, that can you blow that up? I'm staring at my phone here, man. Yeah. 21. Um. Goodness gracious. Yeah, that's uh that's I don't know what if that's more impressive by him or just kind of bad for the linebackers and safeties, but that we we, we can discuss that maybe a different time, Mike. We got Well, uh, yeah, I mean, just just a quick note on that. Like, you know, if your interior guy is making his own hay and being disruptive, it does make it a little bit more difficult on the linebacker. So as the ask, you know, again these these Bamas and these Clemsons, etc. They've got a ton of beef in the front. Their job is to kind of just stay in their gap and keep your linebacker clean. Where it's like he's saying to hell, how across is saying to hell with the linebacker. I'm trying to go get paid, and I'm not mad at him. Somebody's okay. got to do it. Some super chats. Martin, who apparently is the usher for the recruit section, 32. So, Martin, I'm going to have to get your phone number and start getting the scoop from you, my friend. He says, A career disagree, Mike. Our linebackers looked lost, and we have a former Notre Dame linebacker and captain on the show. So, so good to kind of dive a little bit more into the linebackers, Mike. He says, no trigger step, bad uh, linebacker one-on-one angles, overall linebackers receivers. Just talking about the receivers have soft routes, false starts, et cetera. Do you think the linebackers might have too much on their plate? So a lot to digest there, Mike. Thank you for um, the chat, Martin. Our linebackers look fast, no trigger step, bad one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the linebackers, Martin, have looked um, – I would say average. I haven't seen a single tipped pass. They've made, they've done nothing in the past game. Um, maybe some early fires against Ohio State. I know Maris kind of got home once. Um, just trying to scan my sort of mental Rolodex here of clips that I've seen. Yeah, the linebackers are playing average. To my point, Martin, and if you, you weren't watching, if you just jumped on, I don't believe that they have too much on their plate in that. When you're into the season and you're practicing, the ones get 70% of the reps, the twos get you know, the other 30%. Threes don't get reps, right? So as far as Notre Dame's, Al Golden's defense is concerned, they're rotating uh, three different groups of linebackers, and they actually rotate a little bit less, although Junior Tui Alamaka made an appearance. So that's a guy that got reps at practice. You can't get reps for all these different kids and all these different practice scenarios, inside period. I mean, inside period nine on seven is like 12 plays, you know? So you can't install 
so much is, as you had said, put a lot on their plate. If you've got six different kids playing, both things can't be true. So with that, I just don't know if they have great instincts is really what it comes down to in terms of like filling, you know, and Tim Hyde and I were texting, they're, they're kind of playing a bare front. So anytime you see Marist walked up and he's sort of playing over a tight end for some, and, and they're trying to, they're trying to showcase Marist. They let Marist rush the passer as he's like kind of a stand up defensive end type. They let him do that. Hasn't found a lot of success. And then when they're playing this bare front, he's kind of playing an outside linebacker walked over the down tight end. So your two inside guys, your reads couldn't be simpler. Every gap is plugged. You've got you've got five guys down in front of you. So your job is just to run through and fill. So just to me, they just don't have great instincts. Um, and really, the kind of that that killer mentality. I mean, we saw Clarence Lewis come free as a bird on a blitz and whiff. We saw Isaiah Isaiah Foskey come free as a bird, uncovered, no blocked. Isaiah Foskey. You know, this yeah. is a top top 20 first round, you know, physical talent. Yep. And this is what we talked about, Mike, last episode. And it's like, it's stuff like that. That Clarence Lewis missing that blitz is the equivalent of Braden Lindsay dropping a wide open touchdown pass. Yep. It's the same thing. It's the defensive equivalent to that. It doesn't get as much... Attention is, you know, something like that on offense would, but it's stuff like that. I mean, Coach Coach Golden's like, I got the perfect moment. I'm going to call this corner fire, and it's like, and then we just crap down our leg. And it's like, until stuff like that gets fixed, you're not going to have, you're not going to become a dominant program. Yeah. All right. Uh, Milton Fame with another super chat says uh, he's not playing. He's not blaming Reese. Just that the offense is off like last year not to be playing their best look mechanical not playing loose no i i agree with all that and there's i've yet to be able to put my put my finger on it but it's it's something about playing at notre dame during those home games it's yeah there's a lack of energy there's a lack of urgency there's just something to it and until, you know, the coaching staff or the team gets that figured out, and I experienced that as a player, I, I'm guilty of it myself. Um, but, yeah, there's got to be just a base level of compete. And that's why Deion Colsey is not, to me, isn't going to – I don't know if Deion Colsey wants to play. If he's nur- nursing this injury, this injury, this injury, like I've never seen like Deion Colsey go compete and – you see that's mirrored kind of across the board. So some of that, some of that's on Reese, but yeah, some of that's like, it's a 50, 50 ball. You got to go, got to go play football. Got to go make a play on oh, there. Oh, perfect timing. Where's Colsey. Colsey's got an ankle or something like that. But from what I saw him as well, I saw it. I saw that Mike in his film, his high school film. He didn't look like a go getter to me. He just didn't present that way on film. And then when I saw him play as a true freshman, he was sleepwalking. Um, you know, he's a big body, looks good on paper, but until he can kind of find that motivation to go be special, I don't know if we'll see him anytime soon, personally. I love that kid and his family. So this stings a little bit, but I hear you, I hear, I hear you Mike. I'm listening to you. Uh, but this is again, but, but folks, 
I don't know Dion, and I'm sure he's a fantastic kid, but like there's the human being and there's the kid, and then there's like who he is as a football player, right? All right, super chat from uh, Drew Pine's belly button. Um, and that's all he wants. He just wanted me to say, uh, just so you have oh, to get it. Be my name. So, yeah, he does look like he's trimmed down a little bit. I want, I just wonder if Goolsby, uh, you know, he, he heard you. If he's, well, listen, if he's trimmed down, he should let it hang out then. Maybe that's his problem. Roll that thing up a couple times. So now, now you want to see the belly button. Oh, yeah. I want to see a pack full of lint and we're going to hit that styles, you know, that little dump off the styles off. We're off to the races, dude. So, Mike, I learn a lot from you when we do these shows. Just talking like when you I had wrote down in my notes when Lewis missed that sack, Foskey misses the sack. You know, you have targeting on Bertrand. I didn't actually I still haven't seen that, by the way. I, I was I thought the game was over and I went in here, started preparing. So I, I saw the pick and then didn't see it. But just like these And of all people, Mike, sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. No, it's okay. God, go I'm ahead. Sorry. But on that play, you think of something that can I don't know, like something that can create momentum and whatever. And, and we, everybody, we all agree Tariq Bracey's been the best player on defense. And that kid's been in the program. He's fought through injuries. I mean, he's done it all. And that kid's playing playing lights out this year. And who's the kid that gets the pick and returns it for a score? Tariq Bracey. And it comes back because of a stupid penalty by JD. And it's like, dang, that could have been big for the defense. But continue. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll take your guys' word for it. I still haven't seen it. But, yeah, going back to just dudes let their nuts hang and go make some plays. Defensively, Mike, you and Hyde I thought they played terrible against Marshall. I, 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 didn't, I think they played enough for the Irish to win really all season. But they still just – and I think you can go offensively too. It's like no one's just stepping up. Sands who? Like Racy – Mayor, I'm guessing, just was doubled the entire game. But, you know, Mayor is consistently a standout. Tyree Estime, playmakers. But, like, Lindsey, you know, the, I, I always kind of like Lindsey. But I, I'm, I'm on – I'm not that I don't like him. Like, going back to the, the young man versus the player thing, he hasn't stepped up. So, long way to ask you, who who are the trucks? Like, who who is – the who are the playmakers on this team right now? Mayor, Tyree Estime, Styles, Styles, yeah. Well, but Styles had some drops this past week, and I I had said before it's like he's kind of be playing himself into that sort of dependable John um, almost John, John Sott, Sott baller dude balling out of control right now. So I'd put cross in that mix yep 57 adam Yoles coming on foskey's yep. coming on bracy any linebackers uh, jd just because he plays hard but like um yeah i mean we haven't seen we haven't seen a forced fumble we haven't seen a tip pass we haven't seen any of it so it's just yeah like the, the defense the defense is just kind of, it's, it's a lot of like coach davy used to call it oozing Everybody's oozing around. It's kind of like oozing. It's like, you know, and I'm going to stop going Uncle Rico, but there's moments in a game where it's like, you got to sit there and look at your teammates and be like, somebody step up and make a play. And it's like, you got to do it to stop the bleeding where you have these long, these prolonged drives. 
And, you know, again, you've got, uh, I think Brandon Joseph's been a little bit of a disappointment. I thought he looked great in the first half against Ohio State, but, like, where's he been? So, yeah, there isn't um, – there's talent there, yeah. It seems like Notre Dame defensively to have success is just scheme. It's just, like, calling the right defensive plays at the right time and the coaches being smart because it's not a whole lot of dudes just making plays, right? Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, maybe aside from – Bracy and uh Lacey. Yeah. Bracy and Lacey. But still no picks? I mean, okay, okay, yeah, okay, right. There's the Bertrand one. So Bracy made the Bracy, yeah, made the pick. But mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, but it's like where somebody, yeah, what when we watch the defense, Mike, there's nobody that jumps off the screen at you. And I mean, I've seen Marist enough times where he'll he'll fill and you know, if he's got the A gap responsibility looking at it. Like, he'll blow up the guard and just let the running back run right past him. It's like, you didn't even have to mess with that guard. And it's just like, gosh, like, is he just running in there with his eyes closed? And Maris is a guy that should be um, becoming a star and really jumping off the screen. And it's just, the production isn't there and the execution's not there. So, I don't have the answer. Yeah. Okay. Um Drew Pine's belly button again, super chat, just because I love y'all. Where's Tobias? Um, I, we, Mike, you talked earlier about when with the We're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to we'll, see. We're going to see Tobias. We're going to see deep balls. We're going to, based off this play action stuff, well, we're going to. We, we You said earlier, it's every year. This is our third year doing these, and it's always this quarterback versus this quarterback. It's all There's always a freshman receiver. It's just the same discussions, just new names. It was Jordan Johnson a couple years ago last year. I guess they did play Styles and Colts, but so like just get them more. It, it's always the young guy until they get older, and then it's like, screw them. Don't play them. Just play the new freshman. So maybe Tobias is a bowler, though. It's just kind of one of those things is do you go based on high school film or the coaches who see him in practice? Like, do you trust those guys? So I don't know. I don't – I don't – I mean – Trust is a thing like, you know, again, go use the linebacker, uh, use the linebacker position as a, as an example. So that coach has to trust Junior Tui Alamaka to be gap sound, right? So there's not a home run, you know, 20 plus yard running play, which we do love to give up uh, chunk plays in the running game. And like back when I played, oh, it was a, I mean, there might be one a season in terms of like a 20-yard-plus a running play. It was just, it was literally unthinkable. But that coach has to trust that he understands the scheme. I don't know how much trust I have to have in Tobias to go, go run a, a nine route and just jump up and get the ball. You know, it's not even trusting Tobias to like not somehow screw that up. It's actually trusting in his God-given talent to go make that play. Does that make sense? Sure. One of three things is going to happen. We're going to come down with the ball. They're going to pick it off where the ball falls in the ground. So I do think though, you'll start to see that that's the next evolution of the offense is once they continue to pack the box, you're going to have one-on-one scenarios and we're just going to have to like rip that bandaid off and throw it up and let's throw it up to Tobias and not Braden at this point. He's just not that player and that's okay. All right, our uh, recruit usher again. Um, appreciate it, Martin. 
says, uh, lastly, what does the linebacker slash I'm, I'm glad you asked this, Martin. What does the linebacker rotation look like with JD being out? So he is out for the first half of the North Carolina game. A pretty good offense. Yeah. So either this will this will be pretty telling. You're gonna have your uh, you know your one of your captains, and I guess Bo Bauer is a special teams captain, but either Bo's gonna step up, or you're gonna see Junior play. I was thinking about that earlier today. So you're you're either going to see Junior get inserted and and maybe make a name for himself earlier on, or you're going to see more Bo. And it's only for a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this might be. I've seen a lot of dumb things. This is probably this is one of the dumbest, Drew, Mr. Belly Button. Uh, talking about Merriweather. <laughs> I mean, of course they want the guy they want to ball out. They don't want to take someone who's balling out off the field. Come on, that's a little bit of conspiracy, my friend. Okay, uh, another super chat, uh, Void Walker, two thousand six. Uh, piggybacking on what I said yesterday about boneheaded penalties, yes, targeting on an overthrow, pi on an overthrow, unnecessary roughness on a dead play is keeping our defense from being great. I mean, that's and there's yes, and on offense, you've got uh, Braden Lindsay. False starting, you've got false starts. I mean, all those penalties. It's like, and it's is it is it undisciplined? Is it just dumb football? I don't know what it is. Um, you know, we don't mind aggressive penalties, but like the problem is, like a lot of these penalties are coming from DJ Brown had a stupid penalty, and like you have to take the some of that. I think that's probably on coaching. I mean, you got to really drill the scenario. It's like, okay, DJ, we're trying to close the game out. It's not time for unnecessary roughness. Like that's a dumb penalty. Um, yeah. I, there's nothing much else to be said other than that. Some of that stuff's you know, the coaches got to drill in the, uh, and Bill, like Bill Belichick's a big scenario guy at practice. Like we're running third and this is third and one period, right. And all the different scenarios that you could see in a game atmosphere, so some of that's coaching and then some of that's just uh like that DJ Brown stuff, that's just fake tough guy BS. I don't I don't play that. Mike, you know, that JD Bertrand, that's a dumb penalty, dude. Okay. I I thought like going into this thing, I had no idea what you were gonna say about Drew Pine and his performance. Obviously, we talked about him much earlier in the show, but we'll come back to it to to wrap up here. Sure. I, I feel like you're 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 you don't have any strong opinions on 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 the performance. Just kind of play within his limits. I don't know. And, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, thoughts on Pine. I mean, it, he, my he, heart, my my. When with the first several series of the game, because what it take us, you know, I think there was back four. and forth. It took it took three series uh, for them. Yeah, there were six series back and forth. It was it was seven. Three now. I think it was seven. So whatever it took us yeah. three four series to get a first down. My heart went out to Drew Pine because you're watching the guy crumble. Yeah. So as a human being, I was like, man, I feel for that kid. Um, but he's our, he's our quarterback and I'm going to support him. He is limited. Um, I think maybe I'm hoping that not, you know, now that he kind of got this, um, got over this first start that maybe we can, he can infuse the offense with a little bit of energy and have a little bit of fun out there. That's going kind on the of road. like what I'm hoping. I mean, what a cool story it could be. Yeah, we're going on the road. It's Bad like, defense. Drew, dude, there's nobody behind you. You know, 
I mean, there's there's nobody behind you. You got a true freshman that's been practicing with varsity for five days. Like it's your show, so go have fun. Um, and I do think it's. I mean, it's. We saw it in the Ohio State game. We were they were loading the box so much, playing single high safety that we had one on one opportunities. And it's going to be up to Drew hopefully to make that connection. Like Tyler could never quite get on the same page with with Braden Lindsey, and it's Drew's chance to try and hit throw some deep balls. It's coming. I mean, it's it's going to come unless we're gonna if we if that evolve offense doesn't evolve into taking some deep shots downfield off the of play action. Long year. Um, it's going to be a long year and we're going to fit right into the big 10, bro. You Dude, know. does this kind of, as you're kind of talking there, I'm thinking, man, does this sound like the second coming of Ian book? Book was never supposed to be the guy. Yeah. Right. And then he I'm just kind of got the job and, ne- and never let it go of it. And I, yeah, because he was, he, you know, again, that was his thing is like, he would just do enough to win. He would never put us in risky situations or was five times a game where it's like, gosh, Ian, pull the trigger, like, let it go. And he would pump, pump, pump. And then, you know, take off for three yards or whatever. I think that drew, he doesn't have, you know, purple face, Brian Kelly kind of breathing down his neck. I mean, he might have coach Reese MF and him up in the booth, but uh, that'd be my, and I, well, it's like, we, I used to try and talk to Ian on this show, like Ian, man, you're the guy, like, let it go, rip, go sling it. And I'm just hoping that drew, can can bring that element to the offense. I mean, it's just fingers crossed. Yeah, drunk Vigo's coming. Drew Pine's a poor man's Ian Book. I'd say right now, but I think that Pine, I think he, I, I think if he gets more comfortable, I think he will let it go. I, 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 that's how I feel. But he's not the athlete Book was, and he's also, I mean, Book was what six foot. Pine's like five eleven. So um, Drew Pine is smaller than Chris Tyree. No, no. Baloney. Watch the next time they're in a huddle, dude. No, 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 no. Tyree's like 5'9". He, dude, there's no way. There's no way. Wait till you see. Wait till you see no next game. Drew Pine is 5'9". Next time they're in the huddle, they're the exact same size. How would you use, speaking of Tyree against North Carolina, Mike? I like, and we talked about this in the offseason, I like two back sets. And we Love talked about it. that. And they, you saw well, our first touchdowns out of a two-back set. Tyree, use them however you see fit. I think the usage last week against Cal was, like, perfect in terms of, like, touches. We're talking about touches versus runs and give Diggs time to continue to get healthy. But, yeah, it can be a little bit of a gadget guy, screen guy, um, and I think he can run inside. So, I, like me, I like, I like Tyree on outside zones with a cutback opportunity i like estimate more just straight up downside or excuse me inside runs i want tyree running outside cutting back and i like estimate running downhill and if, if need be bouncing it outside and but then i just i just think that tyree can create a lot of matchup problems and i'm telling you eli raritan's going to get into the mix here i'm just telling you that's my crystal ball thing but i mean if you give me eli raritan michael mayer Chris Tyree, Lorenzo Styles, like you're trying to create matchup problems. So anytime that Tyree would walk out and get matched up on a linebacker or safety, the odds are in our favor. So just more, you know, more ways to feature him in that in that regard. Yep. Appreciate the super chat, BC. Just one last comment else we do get another super chat, Mike, is as you're talking about this offense and Pine's limitations, 
down the field. Maybe we'll see if he develops. But just kind of as we stand right now, if teams are going to put load the box up, right, put eight in the box and say pine well, through the air, I'm just thinking Reese is going to have to be a freaking mastermind. I mean, because he's going to have to scheme, draw things up for the Notre Dame offense to have success. So he's – the He's got the weight of the world at his shoulders right now. Yeah. So it was, you know, again, going back to the, the camp, going back to training camp, the plan was to get into a fist fight with Ohio State. And uh, we tried and it didn't work. And then we were kind of discombobulated second half of the Ohio State game. Then we come into Marshall and we just, we empty out all the drawers. It's like, okay, what do we have to work with? Five wide, 13, 12, 22. You never, like, you, you name it, we tried it. Um, so then you go into Cal, kind of a discombobulated first half on offense. We've started to find our footing, you know, at the end of the first half. So now we've shown on film that we can at least run the ball. So we were going to get loaded boxes anyway, but now that we've actually showed that that's the only way, the best way that we can move the ball on offense, that's all you're going to see. And it's going to come down to some of those 50, 50 balls and maybe a chance for Tobias to, Go make a name for himself a little early on. But it's going to be – guys are going to have to win one-on-one going forward. Yeah. Okay. Actually, one more thing. So we haven't talked about the offensive line at all. Thoughts on their performance? I mean, look, the false starts are the false starts. We've, we've mentioned that. Uh, but just thoughts on on that unit in general. Yeah, it's the, first, it's the first game that we saw movement, you know, like an actual thrust from the line. But that's against an average Pac-12 team. You know, so, but we did see it. Um, Blake Fisher's having a little bit of a rough year to me. You know, I texted you, I was like, you know, NFL-wise, I think he's going to be a guard. I just don't know if he has the athleticism. I heard rumblings that he was upset that he was playing right tackle versus he thought left tackle would um, help him out in terms of, like, the NFL. But Blake Fisher's playing all right. Um, We watching the game late last night, I was surprised at how small Zeke Carell is. I never really noticed that before, but it really jumped out. Like, man, he's small. That's a Notre Dame offensive lineman. Um, But, yeah, this was their best game. Pass protection, they did really well. Um, And they created some movement on the offensive line. That's it's Again, it's something to build off of, and that's what we called for coming out of Marshall. It was like, I put that loss on the offensive line, and I put that loss in the defense. Offensive line came out and responded, and that's all you can hope for. Um, you got two good backs now, and we're going to build from there, and we'll see what kind of talent and kind of magic we can create on the outsides. All right. Well, Mike, you good for a show next Sunday night, same time? I will be here same uh, – yeah, same time, same place. In your tiny room, as people always comment. <laughs> this is a converted, like – it's a huge room. It's like a big attic, but it's like on the third floor. I just happen to be on this side the of the angle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll switch it up, man. Well, Mike, I, I, I definitely appreciate your time tonight. Fun show was always great insight. So, folks, make sure you hit that thumbs up on this video before you get out of here. And subscribe to our YouTube channel for more content. I have awesome stuff. I mean, the lineup Monday, you got the presser video with, uh, with Freeman and the reaction from Tyler Horka, recruiting stuff. Tuesdays and Thursdays, Wednesday night live show with Tim Hyde, Friday game preview with Tim Hyde, Saturday reaction, post game reaction video with Tim Hyde. You got Ghouls be on here every Sunday. So, um, yeah, I think the channel, the channel's got like 18 and a half thousand subscribers. And it's like, 
I'm still a competitive person. I'm trying to get to 20, and he's kind of like setting little goals here, Dude, right? We went from 17 to 18 in, in like three or four weeks. So I think we'll hit 20,000 by the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, so spread the word. I mean, you know, my ex-teammates – Mike, they didn't even know that I was doing this podcast. They're like, dude, why don't you let somebody know? So spread the word, folks, if you like what you see, and we'll keep trying to put out some solid content for y'all. All right, folks. We'll definitely appreciate it as always. Hit that thumbs up again. Head to blueandgold.com for all of your coverage of Notre Dame football, and we'll catch you next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply